0: The scripture on which the sermon is based comes from Luke chapter two. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Peniel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped day and night, fasting and praying. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Now, very often when a little baby is born into a family, the parents and the siblings and relatives will kind of gather around and just observe. You now just look at the baby, the way he or she moves, different things about the child, and, and, and just kind of looking at the, the, the little baby will just wonder out loud, what kind of person do you think this little child will grow up to be? Maybe one of them observes that the baby seems to have large hands for an infant, and he'll say, you know, you see the hands on that kid? i I bet he's going to grow up to be a ball player just like his dad or, or, or look how long her fingers are. I, I think she'll be a piano player. Her grandmother played piano. Maybe the baby moves around a lot and someone will say, look, will you look at that girl? She's, she's going places. She's going to be a world changer. She can't sit still. So have you ever done that? We just It's a kind of natural for us to do this with children. Little babies look at them think about all the potential that they might have, and just wonder what God has in store for the life of this little one. Well, in today's passage, we don't have to wonder, really, about what God has in store for the the baby in question. Joseph and Mary, in this passage, they take their baby, little Jesus, about a month old. They take him to Jerusalem to present him before the Lord in the temple. And when they arrive, God himself sends two witnesses, two two special people, a spirit-filled man named Simeon and a godly prophet named Anna, God sends these people to speak God's words of prophecy with regard to this child. And and through their words of prophecy, through the events of this passage, uh, we get a picture of what was in store for this child. Why why God had sent Jesus Christ to be born into the world. I, I think I'll break it down this way. The passage indicates that Jesus was born he was sent for three reasons the, the first you see here is this christ was born to perform a rescue he came to be a rescuer um, you, you've probably seen that old movie uh, castaway with tom hanks tom tom hanks plays a man who's in a plane crash in in the south pacific ocean he's he's the only one who survives the crash he washes up on a, on a deserted island he's he's stranded there all alone for years and for much of the movie they tell us for one hour and forty three minutes of the movie there is absolutely no dialogue no words are spoken just one scene after another of this man, all alone, trying to survive, and frequently just sitting there, staring off at the horizon, watching the sea, watching the sky, just waiting and watching, watching and waiting. He's just sitting there longing for a rescue. Well, I, I think you could say it That's kind of the way that this man, Simeon, and this woman, Anna, lived their lives. They they lived their lives longing for God's rescue. You see, as, as faithful first century Jewish believers, Simeon and Anna, had heard that there once was a time in the history of God's people when God had delivered them from foreign oppressors, and they longed. For that to happen again their their country had been invaded by the romans they had also heard that there was a time when god used to speak powerfully to his people through his prophets and and they longed for the voice of god to be heard in their land again and they had even heard that on occasion the glory of god the shekinah glory of the lord had filled the temple in jerusalem to overflowing and they longed have you ever longed for this they just longed for the glory of God to be present with them again. So, so Anna and Simeon, um, they just lived their lives longing, longing for God to rescue them again in these ways. Now as people who were well informed of God's word, their, their longings, Simeon's longing, Anna's longing, their longings were focused on a specific set of promises that you find in the Old Testament. Again and again, God promised that His rescue for His people would come in the form of a person, a, a promised one, an anointed one, a Messiah, that, that God would send someone, one person, to bring about His rescue for His people. About 800 years ago, a... Uh, unknown Christian monk wrote a hymn in Latin that I think expressed the way that Simeon and Anna were longing as they looked forward for this, this one person, this one Messiah, to come and rescue God's people. The, the words of the hymn, you're familiar with it. The hymn says this, Oh come, Oh come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. O come, O come, thou Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times didst give the law in cloud and majesty and awe. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell thy people save, and give them victory o'er the grave. O come, thou day spring from on high, and cheer us by thy drawing nigh. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night, and death's dark shadows put to flight. They, that just describes the longing of Israel, the longing of, of godly people like Simeon and Anna, just longing for God to send the rescuer. And I wonder, have you ever, have you ever felt that kind of longing, this need for God to rescue you to from from darkness from depression from despair from just a sense of destructive things in your life this is what they longed for and here's the beautiful part of this passage when simeon and anna saw this young family walking into the temple courts and they were, there was nothing to the physical eye unusual about them. The, a, a poor carpenter, his young bride, a very ordinary looking baby when they saw this family walking into the courts the Holy Spirit whispered to each one of them deep inside, there he is there he is, you see that baby He is the one. He is the rescuer. All the hopes and fears of all the years are found in him right now. Simeon, verse 28, Simeon, who had been promised by God that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. It says, Simeon took the baby in his arm and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. I'm ready to go, Lord. He said, For my eyes have seen your salvation. Which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. When, when Simeon and Anna, these spirit filled people, moved by God, when they saw this little baby, God whispered to them inside, There he is, the rescue, the rescue. You've waited so long, it's come. And that's what God says to us. This is the good news of Christmas. Listen, believer, Jesus Christ came to perform this rescue. He came to do this for us. So that's one thing we see in the passage. He he was born to perform a rescue. A second thing we see is that Christ was born to fulfill the law, God's law. Now, when you read a narrative passage in the Bible like the one we're looking at today, one of the ways that biblical authors would indicate when they wrote narrative passages, stories, one of the ways that they would indicate the main points they were trying to communicate was through the repetition of words or ideas. When you read a narrative passage and the author of Scripture goes out of his way to repeat a certain idea or word again and again you can be fairly sure that's a main point they're trying to get across and if you look at this passage there's one word that's repeated again and again and again and it is the word law the law of moses the law of the lord is mentioned five times in this passage verse 22 when the time came for the purification rites required by The law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem. Verse 23, as it's written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated. Verse 24, to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what's said in the law of the Lord. Verse 27, the parents brought in the child to do what the custom of the law required. Verse 39, Joseph and Mary did everything required by, by, by the law of the Lord. So why is Luke, as he tells this story again and again, he just keeps saying, the law the law the law the law i think here's why i think luke is trying to communicate to us that in jesus christ in this little baby who will grow up and live as a man in him the law of god will be fulfilled jesus came to fulfill the demands of god's law of his by by obeying listen by obeying god 's commands perfectly you find this throughout the New testament hebrews four fifteen says Christ was tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin first peter two verse twenty two says Christ committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. 1 John three verse five says he appeared to take away sins, and in him There is no sin. So you find this, the writers of the New Testament tell us that Jesus obeyed God's commands perfectly. One Christian author has summarized it this way. He writes, in a life that spanned three decades, our Lord never entertained a thought, never uttered a word, and never carried out an action that was defiled by impure motives. He always honored his Father in heaven always honored his earthly father and mother, never lusted, never uttered a word in sinful anger, never gossiped about or slandered his neighbor. He never stole, never lied, never coveted. In short, he submitted to every commandment of the law of God without wavering. He loved the Lord with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, and he loved his neighbor as himself. Jesus never sinned and even here in infancy before before he himself is yet acting you see that through the diligence of his parents in the life of Christ the law of God is being fulfilled now why does that matter for us Well, I want you to imagine imagine you're in school it's the last day of the semester it's the time for the final exam all right and you know there is no way you're gonna pass this test. You, you really have not been a very good student. You've, you've skipped class several times. Even when you're there, you haven't paid attention. You haven't done the assignments. In fact, to be honest, you haven't even opened the textbook all semester. There's no way you're gonna pass this test or this class. You sit down at your desk. The test sheet is right in front of you. Just as you're thinking, how am I gonna ever pass this test? The teacher, walks over to your desk, takes the paper off your desk, carries it across the room to the smartest student in your school. You know the one, the one who always gets 100%, always gets straight A's. The teacher puts your test on that student's desk, smiles at you and says, why don't we let Brenda take the test for you this time? Wouldn't that be amazing? guys? In a very real sense, that's what Jesus came to do for those who trust in him. Those of us who, there's no way we would ever pass God's test of righteousness. He came to take that test in our place. He came to fulfill the law for us. We heard that read before in the service from Galatians 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law in other words born with an obligation to fulfill the law why it says born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so when we trust in Christ you could put it this way God gives us the grade that Jesus earned God God declares us to be righteous, not righteous because of us, but because of Christ. Philippians chapter three says that when we come to Christ in in faith, it says we receive, quote, a righteousness that is not our own. Whose is it? Well, it goes on to say a righteousness that comes through faith in Christ. Because Jesus fulfilled the law, God declares those who trust in him to be righteous, not because we passed the test of obedience, but because Jesus did it for us. And isn't it something, even here in his infancy, but while he's still just a child, you already see Luke, the author of this text, just emphasizing again and again, the law was fulfilled, the law was fulfilled. He's not, he's not even two months old yet, and already the law is being fulfilled. In, so in his infancy, throughout his life, all the demands of God's law were fulfilled by him for us. So what do we learn about this little baby? He came to be a rescuer. He came to fulfill the law. Then one final thing. We we learn here that this little baby was born to suffer and to die. Simeon takes uh, the baby in his arms and Holds him and blesses him and says some beautiful words. And then he says some things that I think must have just caused Mary's heart to skip a beat. Um, Things that I'm sure she remembered for years to come. She probably thought about them again and again. Maybe they kept her up uh, at night sometimes. Here's what Simeon said: verse 34 and 35. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And then, looking at Mary, he says, And a sword will pierce your own soul, too. Mary, a sword will pierce your soul. Now, Simeon didn't explain what he meant by that. In fact, Maybe he himself didn't even understand fully what the, what the Holy Spirit was saying through him. But listen, for centuries now, Bible readers have understood that those words of Simeon, they were pointing ahead to the cross. You know, the Gospel of John tells us that when Jesus, when Jesus died on the, on the cross, um, all of his followers, you know, had left him, most of them. But John tells us that his mother, Mary, was standing right there. This is her son on the cross, suffering, bleeding, dying. I, I can't even imagine the pain she must have felt, but I, I do think it must have felt like a sword just piercing her soul. And it's as if Simeon was telling her, just, you know, be ready for this, this beautiful baby who will live a life of such righteousness, who's come to rescue us. I want you to understand, Mary, He's born to suffer. He's born to die. You could put it this way, just as through his obedient life, Jesus fulfilled the demands of God's law for us, through his obedient death, he fulfilled the the demands of God's wrath for us. Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him him and by his wounds we are healed. He, he was born to rescue us. How? By living for us a righteous life and by dying for us a painful death. There's a novel by John Irving called A Prayer for Owen Meany. In this novel, there's this cute little boy named Owen, and as Owen grows older, he begins to have a recurring dream that someday He will save the lives of many children. But in doing so, he himself will have to die. And uh, to find out what happens, you should read the book. But Simeon is kind of saying, here, this little child in my arms, he will someday save all of God's children. He will save all of God's elect. But in order to save all of God's children, this child will die. you know the words to that old carol, Christmas carol? Nails, spear, shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail, the Word made flesh. The babe, the son of Mary. So even in infancy way, as just a child, as God sends these people, this woman, this man with prophetic gifts to tell us why this child has come. God says this child was born to suffer and to die so that others won't have to, to fulfill the law for those who never could, and to rescue those of us who are lost. And so if if you've never turned to Christ to receive the fullness of this rescue from God, you know what? This Christmas, this Christmas, God is calling you to do that. And and for those of us who've, who've already trusted in Christ, perhaps for you it was years ago, you still might feel a longing for God to rescue you. Christian, hear the good news. Our rescue has come. Our Redeemer was born. The the baby who brings salvation to the world, He has come into this, this world. And He was born for me, born for you. Would you pray with me? Now today, since we're meeting remotely, we won't gather around the Lord's table, but we are gathering around the Lord's Word. And we trust that He will make His grace known to us. So let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for Jesus. Even as a small child, we already see in him the beginnings of our redemption being worked for our sake. We thank you that this child who was born into the world completed the task for which you sent him, that he came to bring rescue and relief and redemption and joy and hope to all those who trust in him. So won't you, Father, please continue to give us grace to trust in him, to find our hope of salvation and life in Jesus and in him alone. And we pray that we will live lives of hope and gratitude and joy for his glory. In his name we ask. Amen.